guys. But our theme this year is, uh, is um, actually we believe that this year is the year to advance. I mean, to, be, to advance to the possibilities that God has for our lives this year. That's going to be different. 2019 is going to be better than 2018. Can I get an amen? It's, I'm believing that for myself, and I'm, I'm wanting to encourage you to maybe start your, your faith up a little bit, that it would be your best year yet. The year to advance on to God's towards God's purposes for your life. Year to advance maybe in your career, your employment, your education, whatever you are uh, and whatever you need to be. I'm declaring that 2019 is the year to advance. Now there are a lot of things that we need to have in our place and not just wait to see if we would advance or get to accomplish our goals, our dreams, or God's purposes for our lives. And, 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 I, and I shared a few thoughts, and last week I, 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 I shared a message about you have to think, to work with, right in here. Start changing how we think and thinking right and whatnot. And, and, and sometimes it takes hard work, it takes uh, effort, it takes uh, being disciplined, it takes uh, doing all the right things, all the small steps, you know. You don't wait for the, the December 31st and think, oh man, I thought this was going to be a great year. It's like, you know, God's given us 365 days, you know. I, I always love watching like, uh, 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 um, what's my call it, track and field. I grew up in Kenya. It's the land of runners. Okay, I don't look like one. I used to run. Believe me, I used to. But it's always amazing to me when I watch like the sprints, which Kenya is not very talented in. I think you need to be Jamaican or an American uh, to, to be able to run the sprints. But you know, you see those guys dash out for a 100 meter run. I mean, they get they, they, they clock below uh, 10 seconds and you're like, that is some amazing speed. But it took him way longer than nine seconds to practice for that nine, 10 seconds run. And so, so to advance, there are some things we have to do in our part. You know, God, God has given us gifts, He's given us talents, He's given us special abilities, but we have to work the disciplines in our lives to work with what God has already given us. But you know, there's one thing today, what I'm going to add is that there's a lot of that, and you could do all that and still not be successful. How many have tried sometimes and failed? You've done everything you've done uh, or know to do and still not succeed. So we need a whole lot of that and a good dose of the Lord's favor. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. If you like the Los Angeles Rams, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they both <laughs> played really good. But someone got a ref's favor at the end. And they're going to the Super Bowl. Ask Drew Brees will tell you, man, today I might have woken up on the wrong side, but someone got some help. How many know that all of us sometimes we need just a good, I was going to say good fortune, but for lack of a better term, but I want to say just we need a dose of God's favor in our lives. We need a, a good dose of God's favor in our finances, in our career, in whatever we do. Because we can do everything right, but without the hand of the Lord over our lives, we can stay, fail over and over again. Or even achieve greatly and even be very successful, but miss the greater point if we don't have the Lord's favor in our lives. I want to read a story of a guy that ended up in his life getting so much favor from God. And, and the favor is this. It's not something that we necessarily earn or have. It's just God's good pleasure of our lives. Now, there's a guy in the Bible called jo Jacob. Jacob didn't have a really good, good life. But he was very driven. He was ambitious. 
He was a go-getter. I mean, he, he, he was driven to achieve. I mean, from the time the guy was born, he had a drive. He had the inner motor to drive. You know, I mean, he was a twin, and he was supposed to be born second, but he held on to his brother's uh, um, uh, ankle. He says, man, I'm not going to lose. I'm going to win this. But he was so driven to the point that he would do whatever it would take to win. And sometimes he would actually step on people's toes. Sometimes he will play the corporate game behind. I'm just uh, relating it to our, our world. Sometimes he will go over and above, even beyond, and try to play, play things with his own hands so that he would win. And things worked for him in some ways, and sometimes he got himself into a lot of trouble. Now I want to read just a little uh, passage on, uh, on, a, on a night that his life really changed, and on a night that he actually received God's favor. And that's Genesis chapter 32, if you are looking in your Bible. And I just want to pick up a little bit on the story. I can't read it all, but I'll read a few verses. Uh, starting in verse 24, it says that Jacob was all alone in a camp. And a man came and we wrestled with him until the dawn, uh, dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hips and wrenched, and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. The guy says, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him, from now on you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with man, and you have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob. Jacob named that place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising on Jacob's left. Well, Jacob, as Jacob left Peniel, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and he was uh, limping. You, you, you read it and pronounce it in your head the right way. You, he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel do not eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. To give you a little bit of a backstory of what this was going on, it had been 20 years since Jacob had seen his brother Esau. Jacob, uh, for those maybe who are not familiar with the story, Jacob and his brother, well, kind of rivals, that Jacob was smart, and like I said, he was a very driven guy. He has so much ambition, he wanted everything he could possibly get in his life. He wanted to accomplish a lot in his life. How many meet people, maybe you are a person that you just have a drive, like, man, I know I'm made for more. And he was made for more. It's only that sometimes he overplayed his hand. And one day he, he found out his brother was really hungry. He's been out hunting and, uh, and, and, and he planned this thing out. You know, he, was a stra he strategized this. He cooked a really good bowl of soup. His brother coming home hungry and he says, hey, 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 you hungry? 
It's like, yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? I'm hungry. It's like, man, look what I made. You know, I'm, I love cooking sometimes. It's, it's a problem. It's, it's fine. I like to put flavors together. I like to combine spices and come up with something. Uh, people, uh, my wife always says, oh, what's the recipe? It's like, I have no idea. I just feel it, you know? And sometimes you, can, you know you can smell good food even without tasting it. And I think he has made a really good bowl, and his brother was starving. Have you ever fasted? And you're trying to go on a long fast? I mean, you're like, Pan Lake and 14th and McDonald's is 27th Street. And you can smell the fries. <laughs> Esau comes in and he's so hungry. And his brother, man, you see what I made? You want a bowl? Of course I want a bowl. Are you sure? You want a bowl? Come on! What do I have to do to get a bowl? anything. I'll give, you, I'll give you five bucks. I said, no, 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 no. I don't want five bucks. How about we cut a deal? Can you smell it? It's so good. It's so good. How about we made a deal? Since you're older, their tradition was the older, the firstborn boy gets the blessing of the father to pass on through the family line. He says, how about we trade? You give me your birthright, so I become, I receive the blessing of the firstborn. I mean, right now, I'll feed you a good bowl of soup. I mean, when you're hungry and someone does that to you, it's like, oh, come on, give me the bowl of soup, quick deal. I don't think Esau thought much of it, what he was actually agreeing to, but he ate a good bowl of soup. You think about it, Jesus had the same temptation by the devil when he was in the wilderness. Satan shows up at Jesus when Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. He had not eaten anything. And he goes, hey, are you, you know, if you really have God in your life, if you're really the son of God, if you really have God's favor in your life, why don't you see all this rock? Nothing is impossible with God. Is that right? I'm adding it up to just make it real. Why don't you turn the rocks into bread? I mean, when you are hungry, the only thing you're thinking about is food. When you're in pain, the only thing you want is relief. When you're sick, the only thing you want is healing. I mean, the thing he needed the most is the thing Satan... And Jesus, of course, did not fall into temptation. He stood by the word of God. We talked about this two weeks ago. And he says, hey, you know what? I know what the Bible says. He says, that man shall not live by bread alone. I said, yeah, I know I need bread right now, but that's not all that there is to life. You know, the thing that I need most in my life is to live by God's word. And so he gave us his birthright. So to make the long story short here, Jacob ends up, between that and many other strategies, and actually working with his mom a little bit, he got a little favor with mother. Because this thing would have not worked out if mother did not favor the little boy. And he ended up ripping off his brother's blessing, and he would run away. 20 years, he's coming back. He knows that something is wrong. He's lived a good life. He's been successful. Things are going well in his life. But something inside of him, knows that it's not right. That's what happens to us. Because that's what people, people can't succeed and actually on the outside achieve a lot, even without God in their lives. But they're never really fulfilled until you make things right with God. 
And he's coming back to make things right. And as he's getting, approaching to meet his brother, he starts getting sick to his stomach. He says, man, I don't know. Because he, he he's a planner. This guy thinks ahead. He's not one of those guys that just kind of um, um, uh, knee-jerk reactor. No, this guy is thinking ahead. When he was a kid, he's thinking ahead. He sends people to check out what is my brother up to. Finds out my brother is bringing 400 people with him to meet him. He goes, oh boy, Houston, we got a problem. He splits them up. He says, hey, wife, kids, this way. Da, da, da. And so he was left that night alone. And it's him and God. And he starts praying because he thought, man, Esau is so angry with me. He's going he's gonna to kill me. He's going to take everything I have. He split his... his he's got, so he's starting to backpedal in his mind and taking these things strategically. And that's the day that he met God face to face. That's the day he would receive favor. And he says he wrestled with this guy. Wrestle with this man all night. I can't imagine that. When I was a kid, I, I wrestled. I, I competed nationally yeah, for, for wrestling. And I, I can tell you this. You, you get on the mat for four minutes. But when you're actually competing, four minutes feels like three hours. This guy's wrestled all night. But Jacob knew something. He would not let go. And he says, hey, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. God, I'm going to hold on to you until I see favor in my life. I'm not going to give up until I see favor in my life. I'm not going to let go of God until I see blessings in my life. Sometimes we let go too quickly. Sometimes we keep on holding and when things get tough, we let go. And God says that, no, do not give up. It says in, in, in Isaiah, it says this, that, 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 that those who wait upon the Lord will get their strength renewed. They will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. He said, God, teach me how to wait on you. I get tired sometimes. Said, God, teach me. Shape my heart so I can learn how to wait on you because I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let go until you bless me, God. I want favor in my life. If we're going to go out there, do whatever you need, well, work hard. Obviously, God says that you should. He says, whoever does not work should not eat. But I tell you, sometimes you can work hard, and without the Lord's hand in your life, without a good dose of God's favor in your life, it feels like you're just battling. But when you have God's favor in your life, I tell you, you'll approach things with confidence. You'll put your shoulders back, and everything you do, you know that it's not just me, that God is for me. I love one of the songs we sang. I don't know which one it was, but it was affirming that I'm not alone. It was the last one. Just knowing that God is with me. Knowing that God is with me wherever I go. Sometimes I'll have good days. Sometimes I'll have bad days. Sometimes I'll have good things, good breaks. And sometimes I'll get even bad, unexpected breaks. But all I know is that I can take comfort. I can take strength because I know God's favor is upon my life. And so I can take comfort and go through hard times without, a, without fear. Yes. To have favor with God, and, and I'm not going to go into digging this too deep, but I'm going to tell you that you could ask for the Lord's favor. You could ask for the Lord's favor. You could pray for the Lord's favor. You can invoke the Lord's favor. You can declare the Lord's favor of your, over your life day to day. Reinforce what God has already said about you. You want favor with God. Really the first thing is that you need to honor God with your life. 
You need to honor God with your life. You have to choose to honor God with your life. Honor God with your time. Honor God with your finances. Honor God in your relationship. Honor God in everything that you do. Honor God in your business. Honor God in your education if you're a student. Honor God in everything you do. And God's favor will start flowing in your life. And um, in uh, Proverbs 3, it talks about, uh, I'm going to pick on finances. It says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. And it says that that's when you will see him. Um, he, he, he uses, um, that you will see, oh, let me say, that. honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. And he will fill your <laughs> barns with wheat and barley and overflow your wine vats with the finest wine. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to give you overflowing if you honor me. Anything you honor God with, and, and, and honestly, it's got to be your whole life. Your whole life. You will never lose by giving to God. Never. And you will never regret if your heart's giving to God. It's like, oh boy, I gave God too much. <laughs> I gave too much time. Man, I regret. The one thing I regret in my life, I was too giving. I was too generous. I gave people so much love. I give him so much kindness. My life was an offering. I regret that. Give us never regret. Generous people never regret. Whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's just generosity in nature, they never regret. But people that hold back do regret. They say, I wish I would have done more. I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids. I wish I'd have been more kind. I've been kinder to my family. I wish I wouldn't have said those things. I was angry and I was feeling it, but I wish I would have not said that. You never regret blessing somebody, but you will regret the, the opposite thereof. When we honor God with our lives, favor begins to flow. Because favor, really, the best way to describe it in my mind is really, is described in, it's in the word delight. The favor of God can be described as a tangible evidence that the person has God's approval. So when, favor, when we, we favor someone, for example, we want to be with that person. We, we, we have fun. We enjoy being with that person. We connect with them in a way that um, um, we don't connect with other people. Maybe even if it's in a crowd, in a workplace, uh, at home. You know, you, you, you kind of, uh, and it's natural for us to, to, to favor people that kind of favor us. And, and, and it works the same way really with God. It says that in, in the same way God favors the people who delight in him. Those who connect with him. Those who choose to give him honor. He says, delight yourself in the Lord, the scripture says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Isaiah 66 too says that they are, these are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble, those who have a contrite spirit, those who tremble at my word. In other words, well, those who... They take God's word seriously. He says, I will look upon those people with favor. In the Bible, you see the favor is closely connected to, to faith. It's closely connected to grace. In fact, uh, grace in itself, uh, some have put a definition saying it's God's unmerited favor. It's an unfavor. So when we get saved, it's not really something we've done to earn salvation. You will never be able to please God. No matter how good, in your best day, I mean you are the best boy ever today. I mean, you'll still come short of God's glorious standard. 
And it's by His grace and His grace alone, working with our faith in Him, that we actually get saved. That's why we can never be legalistic. Sometimes it's easy to, when you're doing things right, to look at people that are doing it wrong and judge them. But if you really understand the grace that has been given to you, you would have a lot more grace on people. And that's not necessarily endorsing or encouraging or, uh, or affirming what the behavior maybe you dislike or you don't like. No. It's just that your heart is conditioned to have grace with people because to whom much is given, what much is also required. He who's been forgiven much forgives. So the first thing, and I'm talking to diff- two different kinds of people. One is, if you want favor, the favor of God in your life, as we're talking about honoring God, the first basic step to do that is really believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first basic step is to give your life to Jesus. If you're not born again, if you've never really committed your life to Jesus, if you've said, let's say, oh, maybe I did, I used to, but right now, the way I'm living my life, I'm far from God. Well, God doesn't take us away from his favor, but we can take ourselves out of God's favor. Are you following me? Because God doesn't force us to do anything, but he's always open arms towards us, and when we return to him, I think that's, uh, when we come to him, he welcomes us with open arms. So if you're here today and you say, well, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never really made a decision to follow Christ with my life, to, 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 give, to give my life totally to Jesus, to honor God with my life, to where he is uh, the one uh, uh, directing my life, to, to have him be my leader, my savior. It doesn't take a lot. First, it takes faith. And at the end of the service, I will pray. That's you. You're saying, you know what? I need to. I know it's still January. I want to start this over, this year over, right? I want to give my life to Jesus. We'll pray. And you could give your life to Jesus today. And some of you have already done that. And I want to remind you that the day you said yes to Jesus, God's favor is on your life already. God's favor is on your life already. So start proclaiming it. Start declaring over your life. Jacob, he's watching his brother. The odds were completely against him. He's thinking, he's thinking, man, I've got problems coming my way. And, and, and you know that day, God touched him. He says, I won't let go until you bless me. And God really touched him. And God blessed his life. And when Jacob, to kind of uh, fast forward on the story, you can read this. It's fun to read uh, for yourself. If you're not reading the Bible right now, that's a good place to start in Genesis. Now, he would meet his brother. And what he had calculated in his mind was so wrong. I don't think, I have a feeling Esau also might have wanted to somehow get him back. He had leverage. But because of the Lord's favor, God worked something on Esau's heart. And Esau, instead of punishing Jacob for what Jacob deserved, Esau embraced him and blessed him. God will take even your worst enemies and even use them to bless you. Things that were intended to destroy you, 
could turn it around and strengthen you. When God's favor in your life is, man, sometimes Satan wants to just destroy our life. Sometimes all the time he does. God can turn around even our misfortune and make it a blessing for us. The things that we thought was our disadvantage, God can turn it around for our advantage. He says that he makes, causes all things to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purposes. I got a new iPad, by the way. I'm still figuring out. Yeah, it was awesome. Yahoo! And actually, it was, a good, it was a story of God's favor. Someone had me talk about dropping all my notes last week. I said, the Lord told me to buy you one. I was like, I, I felt guilty. And I was like, Sick. and the guy told me, hey, listen, what would you feel like if God told you to do something and you didn't do it? I said, you're right. God bless you a million times over. May he return to you. I was like, God bless you. That's someone that's favored of the Lord. Um, and and may, God, God is a good God. And I just pray over blessing for generous people. Second thing I want you to know now that you know you have God's favor in your life. If you haven't given Christ your life, if you haven't been born again, you're not saved, hold it. Because you will be today. And so this part will apply to you. It's a phrase we hear all the time. The odds could be against you. But I want to tell you today, if God's favor is in your life, that the odds are for you. Do you hear what I said? The odds are for you. I mean, this guy Jacob found out that his brother is bringing 400 men with him. Jacob fears that the group is approaching. They're coming to take revenge. He saw, man, it's been 20 years. He's just been building, waiting for that time to explode and take it out on him. The odds truly were against him. But somehow, that night God did something in his life. A touch of God's favor in your life can change your situation. God can do more in one moment than we could ever accomplish in our lifetime. God can flip the switch in your life <laughs> and, and, and turn you to a good direction. And I believe that's what happened that night. It's easy to go, go about your life, through your life, thinking of all the reasons why you cannot be successful, why you won't get well or you won't meet the right person. Sometimes it's so easy to look at our situation in the natural and think that the odds are against us. I remember talking to a guy years ago, many years ago, he was in his 50s, and he's starting to realize that he might need to start making financial plans for retirement, and as he started looking at his life and uh, all his responsibility and what he needs, he goes, oh boy, I'm going to have to work till I'm 80. And I, and, 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 and I can see in his eyes that he really did believe that the odds were against him and things were not going to look good for him in his future. And I want to tell you that we don't control everything. God can change things. If we go about thinking in our hearts and in our minds that the odds are going to be against us, we will never advance to the next level. We have to correct our thinking. We have to believe God. We have to walk by faith and not by what we see. Yes, if God tells you to, to, to instill disciplines in your life, stop putting disciplines in your life, but do what God tells you to do and watch God do what God can do. 
As believers, we have the most powerful force in the universe breathing in our direction. God has crowned favor in each one of our lives when he called us. When he saved us, he already invoked favor in our lives. He has armed you with strength and for every battle that you face. The odd may seem to be against you, but I'm going to tell you the most high God, if he is for you, Romans says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Amen. I read a study once that this doctor uh, had done some and I thought it was very interesting. Some years back, it was some years back, it was, I think it was Business Insider article. And this guy, um, uh, <clears throat> I won't mention his name right now just because I want to do quickly here. He, had just, he was just talking about the odds of us being born. I know sometimes we talked about, you see, when you drive on Highway 2 and you see, oh, the Powerball is now $25 billion. It's never happened. It's like, man, what if I'm the guy that gets, and then the, you, know, you get all these uh, professors that will tell you, well, now they hear the odds of you getting a rain of that money. And you're like, oh, forget it, right? I'm not saying go buy the lottery. I'm not even saying that at all. But this guy is saying sometimes, he says, that the, he says imagine there was one life preserver. This is how he kind of simplifies it. One life preserver thrown somewhere in the ocean. That's exactly one, and there's exactly one turtle on the ocean, swimming underwater somewhere. The probability of that, you can, the probability that you came out, well, I can't read my own notes. Let me paraphrase it. He says that the probability of that turtle getting to that life preserver at one shot, the first try, is the odds, comparable to the odds of us being born. And he goes on to say, because let's just say that the odds of, when of your dad meeting your mom, 1 to 20,000. This is multiplied by the chances of them staying together long enough to have kids, 1 to 2,000. And so on, you get the picture. And he breaks it down, 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 and then there is you. He says 1 to the, one tenth to the, uh, to the power of 2,685,000 zeros after, after 10. And his conclusion was, the odds of you being alive is basically zero. You know what it's saying? You are a miracle. You are a miracle. Living, breathing miracle. Start walking as a miracle. God's favor is in your life. If God is for you, the odds are for you. Don't go through life thinking, not me. I come from the wrong family. Change your terminology. When you're born again, you're born into a new family. You've got royal blood flowing through your veins. God is your father, not just your God. Yes. The odds are for you. I said in Romans 8 that if God is for you, who can be against me? Think about this. This fascinates me that God actually has given us the ability to make a difference in people's lives for eternity. And he's made it so simple that even a kid can do it. The greatest miracle... To actually find Jesus as your Savior. Because our life here, 
It may seem long, but it's only a vapor in the scope of time. But eternity is a whole lot of time. And God has invited all of us, I mean each one of us, have the ability to make a difference in someone's life where they spend eternity. I see some Christians say, oh, is it important to go to church? I just worship God. I don't like organized religion. And all, you know, there's all sorts of things. And I think all of it comes from disappointment, people failing and all that. But here's the truth. They say about 80% of people in North America that get saved, that are born again, they come because they are actually saved in a church service. If 80% of people giving their lives to Jesus, making a decision that has eternal implications, are happening because of church services, it makes me take church service very seriously. Because sometimes just a simple invitation, would you come to church with me, will make a significant decision in someone's life to where they spend eternity. Think about that. I mean, you don't need money. You don't need fame. You need nothing to do that. Just realizing and having compassion for the lost souls. Compassion for people that may be living their lives, but they've never really realized that relationship with God is everything. Never realize that that's all they need. I'm going to close on this point. I'm not going to go to the third one. Don't put it up there because I'm closing this point. I watched this testimony, <laughs> if you would, of this guy that was like a famous rapper, had been very successful in his music industry, and he did a song that uh, you know, kind of moved the Muslim people a lot in his life. And, uh, and, he, and he would get an invitation in Muslim countries, and he would go rap, and he would go do this song, and all of a sudden started interacting with a lot of those people. And, and the, the, the whole story, it was a testimony that, you know, that the Muslims were putting out of this guy that converted to Islam. And I'm watching the guy, and he had a genuine change in his life. He says that Islam brought him peace. He says, all my life, I, I had hit, I had exceeded my own expectations when it came to success in my industry. But I didn't have peace. I was going from vanity to vanity to vanity. And I'm watching it and I'm listening to it closely because it, it drew my interest. And just to observe that his changes in his life were not fake, they were real. But he equated, he equated all these good things that he had seen in his life to converting to Islam. And when I listen to him outline all those things. It were things that would impact anybody's life if we would in, instill them in our lives. And what he did, he shut down all the noises in his life. He simplified his life. He changed his priorities. He quit looking for certain things. He slowed down. He quieted himself. He turned off that phone. He quit chasing after women. He stayed at home. And all these things that are physical, because God has put the seed of greatness in every human being. We are all born. When we are all born, we, we were created in the image of God. I don't care what religion you are. Every human being is created by the image of God. And certain principles apply universally. And this guy's life's change 
And now he's trying to convince other people to follow. And he says, I grew up in church. And, and as he's talking about his experience growing up in church, I realized you could totally see that he grew up in church doing the religion, but really didn't know the, he didn't really know the Lord. And he hadn't trusted and honored God with his life. And it wasn't his fault. He wasn't taught well. Well, let me take it back. It takes two to tangle, right? Because you choose sometimes what you want to hear. But the sad part is that he grew up in a Christian and he missed out. And he's going to miss out if the Lord said, I prayed for the guy. In, I don't even know his name. But I suppose right then I pray that he will find the Lord. Because a lot of those things that are natural here can be achieved on earth if we would prioritize our lives. What we feed into our minds, what we feed into our soul, we will become it. And he got peace on earth in his life. He had change in his life. But if he doesn't meet Jesus, he's going to miss out on eternity. Friends, what I'm trying to tell you this day is that we have God's favor in our lives. And all of us can make such a significant difference Sometimes even just one soul at a time. If we would realize, and if we, our lives are driven by eternity, and if we look at people, and love people, and pray for people, and invite people, and, and be that example. He was around Christians, but they didn't, they didn't affect his life. To the point where, he goes, I was just chasing the dreams. I was just chasing success. And I got success, but I was stressed out all my life. I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. We have something special that we can achieve all those things. But beyond that, even way beyond that, we can make eternal difference in people's lives. Because God's favor is upon us. Young, old, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. And for those like, oh man, I've done my job. No, no, no. It does say in Psalm 92 that the righteous shall flourish, that even in old age they shall bear fruit. Yes. I want to bear fruit for, to the day I die yes. for his kingdom. Go out this week. Go out today. If you have been feeling a little down, start reminding yourself that I'm favored of the Lord. That the Spirit of God is inside of me. That he who lives in me is greater than he that lives in my wife. Speak to your situations. The challenge may come to me. Oh, I, he's breathing enough strength because I can face the challenges in my life because I'm not doing alone. I got a dose of God's favor in my life. Amen. Did